0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Higher corn, higher beans, and it was higher wheat. As we look at the livestock side, just to give you perspective, higher numbers as well. It's not too often we see a lot of green on the screen, minus the soybean oil, which had their own personal struggles. But we're going to take a look at what factors working into this market. Don't forget we have a WASDI report that comes out tomorrow. That was partial influence as well. As Jeff Peterson is going to join us today, Jeff with Heartland Farm Partners. So Jeff, let's kind of start out. What's the driving factor? What's behind the wheel of these markets for a Tuesday?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question, Susan. You know, there's, there's a lot of different factors, so let's kind of dive in. Basically, the market is thinking about the crop report and the WASDE report that's going to come out tomorrow and, and how the information that came out the end of June on the stocks report uh, and and planning intentions, or planted acreage, I should say, not the intentions, all get factored into the WASDE report, so that's definitely a factor. But as you'd expect, uh, the weather, and in particular, you know, what's going on, to change the conditions of the corn and soybeans. Those are still a factor that's coming into play. And then the market's also got an eye out there. It's looking at what's going on with the grain corridor. Um, that's that's losing. We've got a little over a week left on that, so that's losing a little bit of attention there. But uh, it's still an important item. And then uh, it is watching very closely what's going on, on the demand side. You know, are we moving some exports? And, and there's even more intention, uh, attention being put forward. Um, it's not going to trade the market day-to-day, but it's getting more attention. You know, what what's the new crop sales going to start looking like as we start... Getting out there and where our bushels end up going once we get to harvest. So those are some of the items right now that's got the market's attention, Susan.
0: So let's take a look at conditions, and we'll get to a, a listener question here in just a moment. But how do you see corn and bean crop conditions looking right now?
1: Yeah, the conditions. It's interesting. You know, we've so we've had some improvement over the last two weeks. We came in at fifty five percent is where the good to excellent rating was, uh, you know, that was going to release yesterday. And that was up from the 60 or the 51% that would have been last week. Now, basically that compares to, just give an idea, last year we'd have been at 64%. Um, now, when we go back and look, uh, this particular data set that I'm looking at just goes back to 2002. But some years that uh, we would have actually been worse, you know, the 2012 on the COP conditions, it was actually worse than what we're having at this time. But keep in mind, in 2012, the final yield ended up being 23.4% below trend. Now, currently, the trend yield that USDA has plugged in is a 181.5. If we did come in 23.4% below trend, that'd be a 139. And, and I don't think, you know, there for a while our conditions were similar to 12, but but we've got better conditions and things are looking much better than they did back then. Because in 2012, from this point forward, actually, probably from two weeks ago it just continued to get hotter and drier um, in addition another year that, uh, is a little was a little bit worse than what we've got in conditions right now that would have been 2002 in 2002 the yield came in 8.3 percent below trend at 100 and, and if we were 8.3 percent below trend this year that'd be a 166 yield now what's really interesting though Susan is that this um, with the 55% good to excellent, we're lining up and just actually touched right where 2005 was. Now, 2005 crop year from here did get a little bit worse, but then late in the season, as we got into the final fill, we did actually improve that one. That particular year, believe it or not, came in six tenths of a percent above trend. And if that would be the case, that'd be a 182.6. So that's a little bit on the corn side. Soybean-wise, we didn't quite see the improvement, and that's interesting there. We we ended up actually seeing uh, the good to excellent rating. We were 51% last week. We actually ended up uh, dropping one percent to fifty percent, and a couple years that currently are worse than what we would have been uh, this year would have been two thousand two and two thousand twelve. I'm not going to go into a breakdown on yield yet because you know soybeans, so much can happen on the bean yield yet at this point, Susan.
0: So we had a, a question that came in uh, before you and I started the program, so I shared it with you, and a, and a listener was wondering, you know, how are we seeing the markets reacting in the fact that we've got these crop condition ratings when he thought it. And he's heard others say the weekly crop condition reports isn't that vital to the way the markets are trading in Chicago. So so what's your spin on what, what we're seeing today? Yeah, no, that's
1: that's a super question. And and what I would say is that early on in the year, the crop condition ratings, the good to excellent ratings that we normally see, the, the market looks at them, but they're not gonna be the only factor because early on, unfortunately, there is not a good correlation between those good to excellent ratings and what we end up seeing for the final yield. But what I would say is as we move forward in time though, um, the market will pay more attention because there is a greater correlation, meaning a greater relationship between what those ratings and show and what the final yield is so that that's kind of how i'm seeing it right now susan
0: all right what are we thinking about topsoil conditions we've gotten some good moisture in some areas so topsoil subsoil are we doing okay
1: yeah so you know that was a big area of concern so keep in mind the topsoil moisture conditions come out in the weekly crop progress report every monday afternoon at three o'clock and we, this year, you know, we ended up peaking out. If we go back, uh, oh, it'd be one, two, three weeks ago now, 60.1% of the corn and soybean areas, uh, corn acres were in a short to very short. And, and at that particular time, you know, that would have physically been, um, as dry as we really would have been uh, going back to 2012, and in 2012, three weeks ago, you know, would have actually ended up being uh, right at 62% on the short to very short side. So we're seeing improvement there. Um, currently, as we as we look at that number, though, what I would say is that the last time we would have actually been that dry for this particular week, we'd have to go back to 2012. But in 2012, we were much drier than what we physically were this year. Then we dig in and take a look at what's going on on the subsoil side. And on the subsoil side, currently what we're showing is about uh, 51.5% of the corn and soybean acres are in a short, to very short situation, Susan.
0: All right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to take a look at this WASDE report that's out tomorrow. How much is weighing and how much has been watched before we see the numbers? A little expectations as well on the report. And then we'll talk a little bit on corn yield, how it's all determined. So we've got a lot to hit in the second half. So stick around. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Borough Radio Network.
1: Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced channel seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
0: Welcome back to the Fondell Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners, and we do have a WASTE report that is coming out tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Kenna, what's your thoughts? Uh, Anything that we need to be watching in this report when it airs and comes out tomorrow?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of pieces to it. We want to keep a close eye on, you know, the the acre numbers, which those should flow over right uh, from what we ended up seeing the planted acreage numbers that came out of, you know, the the numbers back on June 30th. And then, um, in addition to that, uh, we want to be watching the yield. So there's going to be a few questions that are going to come up in regard to. And what's the carry in stocks? Because the quarterly stocks numbers was would have indicated we need to see some changes made in our beginning stocks for the 2023 crop. The 2023 crop is the one that's planted right now. It's the one that uh, the official crop year doesn't start until September 1st of 2023 and then runs around through 2024. And then as we go forward, there's a couple areas on the demand side that... We're going to have to be digging into and kind of analyzing on the old crop side, on the 22 crop, you know, what's going on with exports. That's probably the biggest question on both the corn and soybean side there. We're going to have to watch that. Um, probably room in there to maybe at this stage of the game. Keep, you know, keep soybeans steady, could maybe lower them just slightly. And then over on the corn side, there's probably room to lower those, maybe 25 to 50 million bushels on the export side, and then we got to see what ends up happening on the 23. Um, in addition to that, we'll be keeping a close eye on what the, the ending stock numbers are as we bring that all together, Susan.
0: So when you look at what this report, what are some of the expectations that you might have for those numbers?
1: Yeah, so we would dig in and, um, you know, each month, uh, You've got a couple, a number of different services that actually goes out there and surveys the different analysts. And so, our numbers I'm going to be giving here from the Dow Jones survey, uh, but then there's also one on the Reuters, and there's also Bloomberg has one. But as we dig in uh, on the yield side, 175.8 from the Dow Jones is what the trade's expecting. Now, keep in mind in the June report, it, they were at 181.5, and the big question is, is that will we see some type of adjustment there? And and you know, there's different thoughts out there actually. The interesting part that's happening right now is that none of the basically analysts that Dow Jones would have surveyed thinks the USDA will keep the yield number unchanged at 181.5. They all think there will be a change. And to put that in perspective, uh, last year on the 2022 yield, that came in at a 173.3. Or on the soybean side, 51.4 is the yield. Um, the June report would have been at 52 2022 yield came in at 49.5 and then the next major thing after the yield we know that the acres will flow over um, gets to be that ending stock so when you take that total supply minus that total demand you know starting first on the 2022 crop 1.4 billion bushels and and here's where there's room for there to be some uh, surprise that could happen there because actually We probably came in about 100 to maybe 150 million bushels less on the ending stocks or the quarterly stocks back at the end of June than what the trade was expecting. But yet the trade is only figuring that there's only going to be about a 46 million bushel reduction from where we were in June ending stock number all the way down to that brings us down to the 1.406. Now, Soybeans, 235 million. That would be up about 5 million bushels from the June report. And then, but really what's going to get a lot of the market's attention is watching those ending stocks numbers for the 2023 crop. And there's some challenges out there uh, on the corn side, 2.166 billion bushels. And, and ultimately that's caught, you know, depending on where our yield is going to come in, is going to impact that. The one that gets a little bit tougher is soybeans at 206 million bushels. And, you know, that start get that starts getting really tight. And, and some would even argue based on the reduction in acres that we ended up having and how that'll flow into basically the production numbers for the 2023 crop for soybeans that, you know, we could be approaching a rationing mode depending on how they adjust basically the demand numbers. So that'll be a close one to keep a very close eye on, Susan.
0: What do you see happening when it comes to demand overall? Yeah, so as we dig in the demand side,
1: one of the items that we're gonna have to look at is that I do think we do see if if we raise if we basically will raise the production number on corn, and I think we will overall see production go up because of basically the added acres we had, I think we'll have to actually see an increase in demand. I think that's what U.S. will do. But down the road, I think we'll run into some challenges there because overall I think our demand probably does need to come down a little bit. And then as we move over to the soybean side, we're actually gonna have to see the demand I'd say get dropped some in order for them not to get us into a really rationing mode there. Susan
0: and finally as we quickly look determination of corn yield bean yields kind of what's that process that you're looking at
1: yeah so what USDA will be doing is that they will be looking at um, what was the planning progress um, through the middle of May how was that looking in addition they'll look at what was the June precip, and then they'll be looking at the weather so far in July for temperatures and precip. Susan
0: all right lots of great things today best way for folks to get a hold of you
1: yeah, give me a call at four zero two three six six four six nine four. Check us out a web at HeartlandFarmPartners dot com or follow me on Twitter at Jeff Peterson zero one.
0: And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder: commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.